Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Nick Watson on Twitter at underscore NJ Watson. And today we're going to talk about TV formulas, why they matter, and ways of building a successful TV engine for your pilot and show. But first, we have a few announcements to make. All right, well, we teased a few things at the end of last year, but now we can officially announce two big things. Well, number one, Paper Team is now on Patreon. Can you say it 10 times really fast? Paper Team Patreon? <laughs> paper Petri, Petri dish. You can access the Paper Patreon Petri dish at paperteam.co slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And in fact, if you misspell it and go paperteam.co slash Patreon, you'll also get access to the Patreon page. Patreon, if you don't know, it's a way to support content creators by making a small monthly donations of a few bucks in exchange for exclusive content and rewards. Yeah, so we've put in tiers, everything from $2 a month all the way up to $20 a month. And you'll get awesome TV writing content at every level, starting with our new monthly paper patron podcast, in case there weren't enough uh, <laughs> rhymes for you, uh, where we answer your questions and talk more TV writing on the download. And for $5 a month and up, you'll get access to our very deep detailed and very practical cheat sheets where we break down on paper the content of our most popular episodes and we've already released three of them tv pilot 101 bringing the writer's room process home and moving to la things we wish we knew yeah, it's you very can get useful those right now if you want to jump on patreon and subscribe at the five dollar level you have those in your hands immediately but uh for ten dollars a month and up you will actually get access to an upcoming bonus special episode where we analyze and break down the pilots of arrested development breaking bad friends and lost it's kind of a spiritual sequel to to uh, one of our previous pilot analyses that was one of our most popular episodes ever. And that will only be for you, the patrons, uh, if you sign up at that level. Absolutely. And the reason why we are on Patreon in the first place is because as our podcast grows, it does become increasingly more expensive to produce. So we really appreciate any contribution you can make to uh, keep it going, because if this podcast has helped you, you should please consider helping us so we can continue doing it for other people. Absolutely. Every little bit helps. Even a few dollars a month uh, will help us keep bringing this podcast to you. And you can, again, access our Patreon page at paperteam.co slash Patreon. And uh, what is our next big announcement? Well, we are going to be having our very first Paper Team Mixer. This is going to be a live event where you can all come out and mix with fellow listeners, with us, maybe even with some of our previous guests. Uh, and we're doing this to celebrate the launch of our Patreon and our third year of podcasting. So we're throwing a little party on Saturday, January 19th, starting at 5 p.m. It'll be in L.A. at the Harlow Bar in uh, West Hollywood, sort of right around Hollywood, West Hollywood. And you can get all of the details on that at paperteam.co slash mixer. And the event itself will be free, barring your own bar tab, obviously. But we're not trying to uncover anything. It's really a free-for-all for, -all for uh, you guys to socialize with one another, with us. And uh, as Nick said, uh, some of our guests are going to be there. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It's an awesome chance just to network and get to know cool people uh, like yourself in L.A. who are out here trying to make it work as a writer. Cool. And uh, now let's get talking about TV formulas. <laughs> 
All right, so let's get into it. And right now we're going to be talking about TV formulas. You know, are they still a thing? Do they know stuff? Let's find out. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we think there are a lot of misconceptions about what an actual formula is when it comes to TV writing. So we want to go into a little more detail about what it means to have an engine for your show. And we want to demystify a few things. A formula does not mean a paint by numbers or some sort of recipe for instant success in screenwriting if you follow these three easy steps. Rather, it's more than necessary ingredients for a compelling and sustainable ongoing story each week for a TV show. Absolutely. And even if you look at it from a historical perspective, the engine of a show has been vital to generating 20 to 24 episodes a year every year for the duration of a series existence. The most obvious examples of engines and formulas can be found on procedural shows like medical dramas, cop shows, legal shows, etc. But we are moving to an era of 8 to 13 episodes a season. So you might think to yourself, wait a minute, formulas are kind of obsolete. They don't really matter. Well, although every writer's room will be breaking its stories differently, they still follow their own intrinsic narrative patterns. That's why uh, you can't just discard the idea of having a formula or engine for your show. A more intricate serialized series like Bender Brothers has its mission of the week. Uh, Lost, which is considered hyper-serialized, had individual character arcs within self-contained episodes. And even something like The Good Place, also known as The Lost of Comedy by maybe the two of us, changes and plays with its own formula on a regular basis, but it still has a formula to play with. The first season was this weekly uh, series of hijinks in The Good Place, while the second season was more about escaping the bad place. And then the third season has been pivoting formulas throughout, but we've seen so far uh, return to more hijinks-type episodes where characters are paired off to do their own little adventures. Right. On the comedy side, sitcoms have traditionally been very engine-driven. Take a look at any old-school multicam sitcom like a Cheers or Seinfeld or Friends, even through to today's Big Bang Theory, and you'll see a tightly knit formula for story that plays out in a largely self-contained way every episode. For instance, in Seinfeld, even though people call it a show about nothing, it had a clear formula, and that formula is essentially taking common situations in life and then having each of the characters either make a big deal over something trivial or take something important important or serious and treat it as trivial. So this tactic then generates substantial conflict and comedy with this cast of characters and the world around them. And then you throw that through a traditional two or three act structure of goals, obstacles, complications, reversals, and climaxes to tell a strong comedic story. Rinse and repeat with a new situation each week. That's why it's called a sitcom. It's situational comedy. But not all engines are this simple or formulaic. You know, modern comedies in particular, uh, which are more prone to serialization, like the aforementioned Good Place, or say Bojack Horseman, or even a, a dramedy like Barry, still have that engine under the hood that drives the series each week, even if it's a little less noticeable. So in Bojack Horseman, Bojack is inevitably dealing with something from his past, be it an old friend or something he did, coming back to haunt him while trying not to repeat those same mistakes in the present day with the people around him and trying to be a better person, which he usually fails at. In Barry, each episode, Barry is trying to escape his fundamental nature as a killer and the perceptions and the expectations placed upon him by other people in his life in order to do what actually makes him happy, which is acting. Now, like Bojack, he also wants to start a new life and be a better person and escape those ghosts of his past, but each week he is just constantly faced with how difficult it is to do that when those artifacts of his dark past are still present, messing up his life and forcing him to be something he doesn't want to be. It's why acting is such a great thematic choice for his goal in the show. He's literally trying to pretend to be someone else. And while the stories in Bojack and Barry don't wrap up neatly every week like some of those multicams, they all nonetheless share commonalities in how they're generated and how they function. And that's the engine of the show. 
And sometimes a ghost is a wish. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Beyond the writer's room, there are also practical slash business considerations. Yes, we're going to talk about money. A replicable or understandable formula slash engine is also very important when it comes to crafting a pilot and selling that show. We briefly talked about it already in our pilot 101 and 201 episodes, but you still want the executives and producers to understand what that episode two looks like. Once again, you might think to yourself, well, what about those hyper serialized shows I see on cable and streaming all the time? They don't have an engine. Well, there again, let's look at them a little bit closer. Is every episode going to be about following a specific character's journey as they cope with their childhood trauma and try to find new meaning in their lives? That's actually the haunting of Hell House, if you think about it for a second. Or what if... Every episode is going to be about the ever-escalating consequences of a man trying to help his family by becoming a drug dealer. That's Breaking Bad. Is every episode going to be about a detective's chase to track down this quirky contract killer? That's Killing Eve. These are not necessarily how you are receiving these shows when you're watching them, but it is a basic formulaic understanding of what makes them repeatable and ongoing. You can already imagine where these stories are going on a regular basis. There's built-in conflicts to these engines. And yes, we're still calling them engines because as we'll talk about in our next section, engines aren't only about plot. So now that we've looked at why formulas are important to TV writing, let's look at how you can figure out if an engine is right for you and how you can create the best possible formula for your show. Yes, and we think that the single most important ingredient to a good TV engine is conflict. All of those pieces that you have in play, like the characters, the world, their goals, the obstacles to those goals, should inherently generate conflict simply by existing alongside one another. The classic example is the odd couple. One of them is messy, the other one is clean. They're forced to live in the same house. Boom. Conflict. Comedy. Are you the messy one in this scenario? Probably. (laughs) Now, conflict can be generated from any story element and between any number of story elements. Usually the more, the better. So you need to be smart and deliberate with every one of your choices around characters, relationships, goals, the setting of the show, the plots, to create that strongest possible ongoing engine for your show and make the most of its potential. I mean, ideally, the conflict should be evident even on a conceptual level, even from reading your logline. I see too many loglines about someone who's just trying to get through life or you know, a logline that simply presents a character with no conflict or a situation with no momentum. You need more than just a situation with no suggestion of story from it. And that's where the engine comes in. Yeah. And to that point, one way of thinking about how to create that conflict is to look at the type of journey you want to bring the audience on. Broadly speaking, you can separate the type of engine into two categories. On one hand, you have story, and on the other, you have character. Most shows these days do fall somewhere in the middle. Even a highly procedural show will offer character development, and even a highly serialized show all about characters still offers, by very definition, plot advancements with repeated beats. Uh, Mad Men often had its weekly story about coming up with ads, and Downton Abbey, while also soap about characters, had its own upstairs-downstairs issues every week. But for the purpose of simplification and because we're recording an episode we should talk about each in its own terms so like i said on one hand you have story-driven engines the clearest examples are procedurals with a repeatable plot formula murder happens cop shows up at murder scene cop investigates murder cop narrows down suspects of the murder cop figures out who did the murder and then (laughs) did you put on your sunglasses i did Oh, what about this one? 
All right. <laughs> so that's one way. But let's look at another version of this. Creepy thing happens. Introspective investigators try to find what happened. Investigators have to deal with family issues, which put an obstacle in their job. And then investigators overcome that obstacle and figure out what caused that creepy thing to happen. Uh, that kind of sounds like The X-Files, but it's closer to True Detective, at least the first season, which was a highly serialized show and still a pretty formulaic detective story, uh, albeit in a slower burn version of it. And comedies have their own versions of that. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is an obvious example of a cop show that translated the cop formula to the half-hour mold. Yeah, I think for some reason, a lot of people look at especially these high-end shows, HBO, Netflix kind of shows, and think that they're so unique and so compelling and so great that there mustn't be a formula to it, or there mustn't be some sort of thing underneath all that. It's just the brilliant mind of someone telling these unique stories every single week. But when you look at it a little bit closer, that's not always the case. Absolutely. And I feel like the examples you're thinking of, or at least our listeners are thinking of, I'm sure, are a lot of the time more character-driven. So let's look at those. So character-driven shows, as the name implies, is from the perspective of the character's journeys and their interpersonal relationships over any kind of specific plot advancement. So the extreme example of that would be soap operas, where the entire conflict stems from what characters do to each other. Uh, a lot of family-based comedies like Arrested Development are also more about the hijinks of the characters above any specifically uh, repeatable story or plot beats. Uh, Scandal started off as a very procedural show that's, you know, a story engine where Olivia would take on new clients. And then it gradually became more of a serialized character soap with, let's be honest, a somewhat convoluted high concept thriller elements thrown in. You also have Riverdale, which works a lot on its characters' built in conflicts and interactions to spruce up every episode. When it comes to the more character-driven engines, the more polarized the elements that you put into your story are against one another, the more conflict they will generate. And usually, you know, that's better for the story. So if two cops have to work together every week in a show, there's not really any conflict inherently from that situation. They're just co-workers. Now, if one of these cops is a white supremacist and the other is a black man and they're partners and have to ride in the same car every day, now there's conflict. If they both have completely opposing worldviews, you know, one is a Buddhist pacifist Democrat and the other one is a card-carrying NRA member, Republican who's been suspended for the use of excessive force, we can already imagine what's going to happen when these two characters find themselves in a situation where they're faced with a suspect who is uh, resisting arrest. So, you know, you can also imagine countless other situations that these two might be in each week and the inherent conflict that's going to happen just from them being two particular kinds of people. And the same is not true if you'd simply describe them in your script or in your treatment or pitch as two partners, good cops, one likes baseball. Mm, but is he a car-carrying NR member as well? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> to that point, when coming up with an engine, the key is really to understand where that conflict is coming from. Uh, is it some kind of event that happens to my characters, like patients that need to be fixed, or a day that keeps resetting, like Daybreak with Ty Diggs? Anyone remember that besides I, myself? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was on NBC. Uh, but if it is not an event, then the conflict needs to stem from other characters bumping against each other, like the two cops you just mentioned, with conflicting worldviews. Right. And aside from having that inherent conflict in those story elements, whether they be characters or otherwise, an engine should always be two things. One, repeatable, and two, sustainable. 
It needs to have the ability to be applied over and over again as a template for story in your show while still feeling different every time and without wearing thin or running out of good ideas. If you can't reel off 10 or 15 episode ideas off the top of your head just based on what you know the show's about and the elements around it, how do you expect a writer's room to sit down and come up with 100? This is what producers and studios and networks are looking for. It's a show that, you know, quote unquote, has legs. Yeah, and again, just because it is a formula and repeatable doesn't mean it is cliched or trite television. We've spent the entire episode so far demystifying that notion. Every show, including highly serialized ones that you may think of as unique, have a formula. That's the way stories work and TV writers work. No episode exists in vacuum and they build on top of each other. Right, if they didn't have a formula, how would anyone come along and write another episode of the show? Wow. It would just be unpredictable. Or just a movie, I guess. But uh, another way of understanding how how formulas work in television is to not just take our word for it, but to actually use existing TV shows. Uh, In other words, let's reverse engineer existing content. Yeah, if you watch enough episodes of a TV show and read enough of the scripts, you'll start to see a pattern in their plots. Now, at this point, after 650 episodes or so of The Simpsons, there is an archetypical Homer story, a Marge story, a Bart story, a Lisa story. There's also a rough template for how each of these stories interact when those characters are combined. So a Homer-Marge story is usually about a test of their marriage or their trust in each other. And yet, despite all their flaws and failings, at the end of the day, they forgive each other and reaffirm that love. That's been done on multiple multiple episodes. Or a Bart and Lisa story might be one of rivalry and revenge and sabotage. You know, if you look at any show long enough, you will start to get an idea of the character and story dynamics such that you know what a typical character or story arc might be for that show. And that will help shed some light on that show's central formula, which you can then use to write from. Yeah, and this is especially true when you look at shows with no apparent formula. Something like Game of Thrones or This Is Us may appear uh, so intertwined between episodes, but think about where that conflict is coming from and whether it is plot-driven or character-based. Look at scripts for the shows and their actual structure. This is something we've actually covered notably in our episode on Act Breaks, that's PT-15, and our episode on Weaving ABC Stories, that's PT-53. Right. And all of that said, you can and should subvert these typical formulas sometimes. You know, you can tell a Bart and Lisa story that is actually one of alliance and love for each other with them uncharacteristically working together towards some common goal. No engine or formula is set in stone and a good one should be able to be challenged and taken apart and rearranged to provide new story opportunities and play against expectations as well as within them. That's why so often you'll see a show take a departure from the norm and do some fun little one-off episode that kind of breaks the mold. And, you know, usually that's one of the most revered and awarded episodes because it stands out as interesting and different. But if you were to do that every week, it would no longer be the same show and it would probably not even be a good one. It's special because it breaks the rules, but it would be meaningless if we never even set up or followed those rules in the first place. All right, you know what time it is? Party time. It's time to play... Some game from the 70s that I just invented for this podcast. And that game is figuring out the engine of existing shows that look like they don't have an engine. We need to workshop this title. <laughs> the network is not going to be happy. I was expecting the audience to say it with me. All right, let's uh, start things off. This is how it's going to work. We're each going to give each other titles of shows that appear to not really have an engine. And then the other person is going to demystify the engine of the show. Sounds good to me. All right. You can be up first. Battlestar Galactica, the new one by Ron D. Moore. I think it is about space humans 
on the run from killer sentient robots as they deal with external dangers and internal crises, all the while searching for their new home, Earth. Yeah, that's totally it. You were saying as we were you know, thinking about these, Alex, that engines kind of sound like a logline, and that's true because it contains all of the elements that are necessary for the story. And I think that a good logline does what a good engine does and, and has those elements. We've got the characters, we've got the setting, we've got the goals, we've got the obstacles, we've got the stakes. Totally. I do feel, though, that an engine doesn't make for a good logline, though, because no. especially the way we're going to be thinking of them in this game, uh, they're not really meant to appeal to an executive. They're more about a, almost like an intellectual exercise to figure out and reverse engineer existing shows. Right. Loglines are a little more hooky. This is really just the kind of the meat and potatoes of what you're going to see each week in the show. All right, next up, what do you feel is the engine of 24? The new one or the old one? No, either, right? <laughs> the <laughs> Same 24 thing. Legacy, the new one. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, Kiefer Sutherland 24 that I've seen, it's Jack Bauer trying his best each week to stop some impending terrorist attack and balance his responsibility to protect his country with his responsibility to protect his family as they're inevitably put at risk by his dangerous line of work. Mm, God bless Jack Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to do it within 24 hours. <sighs> Clock is ticking. Or else. <laughs> All right, well, this one's so sprawling. How would you make an engine out of Game of Thrones? I feel like on a week-to-week basis, Game of Thrones is about nobles, soldiers, politicians, spies uh, from various clans and houses vying for the ultimate control over their land in a deadly game, not of thrones, but of cat and mouse. (laughs) When you play the game of cat and mouse, you (laughs) woof or you purr. Yes. (laughs) No, but that's true. I mean, you look at the the episodes and there's always political manipulations, scheming, there's deaths and attacks and losing land and gaining things. And it seems like the engine to me. It's basically like a game of risk with actual risk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about the engine for Master of None? Uh, obviously, it has none. It's in the title. No. Mm. All right. End of the game. No, <laughs> no I, I would say that Master of None, like each week we explore a vignette from Aziz Ansari's life or sometimes the other characters' lives as he faces a personal or societal issue that he came up against that shaped him in some way and learned a valuable lesson from it. Mm, that's pretty deep. I'll give you one more. What do you feel is the engine of Paper Team? Uh, well, it's actually on our website. So if I, if I look this up, what is Paper Team all about? Paper Team is a weekly podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. It's also for everyone interested in television industry, everything around it. Every episode, I guess, they alternate between the two threads vital to being a successful TV writer, the business side and the writing side. You know, on the industry end, we discuss things like meeting people, networking, finding work, pitching, being an assistant, television business itself. And on the writing front, seeing conflict, comedy, mm. uh, we tackle anything related to our craft, writing TV pilots, TV specs, taking notes, structure, theme, working in a writer's room, a writing team, the medium itself, and much more. Interesting. I don't know if that was cheating or just advertising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're plugging our own show deep into the end of an episode. That <laughs> uh, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, let's look at some common questions or problems or thoughts you may have about crafting an engine. And the first one is, Mr. Watson, how do I express my engine in my script or in my pilot? Well, I mean, ideally, everything you write should be a reflection of your engine and the way your show works. I think it's hard not to write that if you're doing it right. You know, always keep it in mind. Put it up on a post-it note above your computer if you need to. You know, when you're breaking stories for your pilot, especially, that needs to be the ultimate exemplar of what this show looks like each week. 
you know, I've read countless scripts that were entertaining or well-written, but by the end of it, I had zero idea what an episode two would look like or how this was going to be an ongoing series. If that script landed in front of a network executive, no matter how well-written it is, there's no way they're going to greenlight that to a pilot, let alone a series. You know, your pilot needs to have momentum, these loose threads that are unresolved in a deliberate way and conflicts that are so rich and engaging that a reader or viewer is dying to see them play out again next episode. Especially in this day and age of bingeable series, your engine, whether that's, you know, a rock solid standalone formula each week or the unfolding plot and character arcs as you go, the engine should be at the core of everything you're writing. Yeah. And that engine should feel organic to that show. If you are writing this complex cop story about the inner politics of a precinct, then perhaps you should not be doing this case of the week formula. Uh, the shield is a great example that serves both plot and character. Don't force something just for it to be sellable. You are the best judge of what would make the best formula, so you should be the one deciding what that formula is. And as for the logline, as we pointed out earlier, its job should already be to tell a succinct, compelling way of explaining what your show is about. And assuming your formula is clear from inception, then it should naturally reflect that idea in that one-liner. So here's another question that someone might have. How do I know if my engine is good enough for my show? Well, the old adage is uh, this idea that you got to create something that can last 100 episodes. And that number came from syndication, which is less of an issue these days. However, let's look at the note behind the note. What can make a show last 100 episodes? Well, like we said, it's repeatable conflict, either stemming from story or from characters, preferably both. A Law and Order obviously lasted hundreds of episodes with a regular structure based on crime stories. Friends also lasted hundreds of episodes with a regular structure based on character interactions. And last question, what if I don't want to make 100 episodes? What if I have a very specific vision of how this story plays out over two episodes or mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever it happens to be? Yeah, I think the, the common thing is, what if uh, I'm an abstract genius whose talent can best be expressed by unrepeatable sequences of words? <laughs> uh, well, one of the points we've been trying to make in this episode is that the formula engine does not equate to repeatable, procedural, boring, uncreative content. Every show has its repeated formula, even the most serialized of all. And whether they last 10 episodes or 10 seasons, it has nothing to do with the quality of the show. It's mainly a way to understand how a TV story is framed. Right. And shows always have the ability to pivot and reinvent themselves when needed. You know, you've got Buffy moving to college, spoiler alert, the good place moving to the bad place, alias, prison break, scrubs. You know, sometimes it works great. Many times it spells the death of the show, but they rarely throw away everything you know about the show. They simply alter a fundamental piece of it and find a new equilibrium. So it's a new formula or new engine. A lot of the times the characters, at least most of them, will be the same. And insert Alex Friedman's soundbite here, TV as a character's medium. So even if the world <laughs> changes around them, it's just familiar enough to work. And the character dynamics and the conflict stay in place. It just adapts to a new normal. And there's now fresh new opportunities for that conflict and story. All right. So what are our takeaways from this episode? Number one, an engine or formula is not a fill-in-the-blanks recipe for a TV show. Rather, it is the elements necessary to make a great TV series that paint a clear picture of what it will look like each week. Number two, a good TV show engine needs to have sustainable conflict. Whether it's a repeatable story formula or ongoing character dynamics, the audience needs to be able to grasp how the show ticks. And lastly, number three, knowing your formula or engine is an important step in building your pilot and show. Executives and producers want to understand what an episode two looks like and beyond. 
And that brings us to the end of the episode. But before we go, as we mentioned at the top, we now have a Patreon. So if you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Paper Team via our Patreon page at paperteam.co slash Patreon. You'll get exclusive content, opportunities, and merch, and we can keep producing a great show for you every week. So thanks for taking the time to tune in and listen. You can get all the show notes for this episode at paperteam.co slash 117. If you want to leave us a review, you can do it at paperteam.co slash iTunes, and all those reviews will make us feel warm and fuzzy inside and build our Paper Team community. And as always, I'm on Twitter, at TVCalling. I'm at underscore NJ Watson. If you have any thoughts, feedback, ideas for future episodes, you can always send them to ask at paperteam.co. And what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to be talking to Australian director Alethea Jones, who has directed on Gordon McGibbon's Life on Normal Street, Wrecked, and Queen America. And so we'll be talking to her about a director's perspective on TV writing. Mm, interesting. Are you writing directions in your script for this episode? <laughs> Close up on Alethea Jones. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to script the entire episode with script directions and then have her direct her own episode. It'll be a very inception. Can't wait. See you then. <laughs> See you guys then.